I'm going to do something this morning uh, that I have never done before. Um, it's not that dramatic or scary, but it felt that way for me. When I went to sit down to work on my sermon on Tuesday morning, I turned to the, uh, the next thing in our plan. You know, Mark and I lay out the, the weeks, the scriptures. So the next topic, when I came to that, I couldn't get settled on it. And uh, I had only had one cup of coffee, so you can test the spirit in this, if this was God or just me waking up. But I felt like in my spirit, God said to me, you just barely scratched the surface last week. I was like, what's that? I've, I felt pretty good about it, <laughs> you know? I, I, I felt God was saying to me something like this, like, it wasn't bad, it just wasn't all. And I was like, well, how could I ever cover it all, you know? Look again, I felt like God said. You missed something. Which was strange to me because I had actually gone verse by verse through a passage of Scripture in First John chapter 4. I actually thought that I had covered it all. But as I've shared with you, I feel like God's pushing me into new territory. And when you are, are going into brand new territory, it makes sense, right? There'll be things that you would see that you've never seen before or feel that you've never felt before or even do that you've never done before. So I'm going to, to do something I've never done before. And that is I'm going to preach on the same exact scripture that I preached on last week. Okay? And I'm surprised by that again, because I thought I thought I nailed it, you know? And, and those of you here last week, you're like, this is sounding kind of redundant or kind of boring. Some of you are thinking, you went too long last week, you know? <laughs> is there really more? Just ask the parking guys. It wasn't my best morning regarding timing. But what I'm trying to do right now is be more obedient to God than to my plan. To be more obedient to God than to my reputation, that I should have gotten it right the first time. To be more obedient to God than to my job or to, to my family or fill in the blank. I just want to be more obedient to God. I don't know why God's asking me to work this out in front of all of you, but that's my deal. So just in case it was God, I went back and I looked at what had, we had gone over last week and I couldn't believe what I found. Last week, I totally skipped a sentence. It wasn't on purpose. I just skipped over it in the midst of trying to get another point that I thought that I want to make. I went back and I listened to my sermon just to make sure. I had to listen 15 minutes to get to that point in the sermon. It was excruciating. (laughs) And, yep, I skipped it. And so I want to read you the whole passage this morning. I'm going to start at the beginning. We'll we'll get there, what I skipped. First John chapter four, if you want to follow along, verse 12 says, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This series is about becoming love, pursuing the heart of Jesus. And John clearly says multiple times that the way love got, the way love is going to become in you or the way that you're going to become love is not by a striving or an effort. It's because of the fact that you've acknowledged Jesus and God now lives in you. Um, Notice here that John says, no one has ever seen God. Isn't that strange? No one has ever seen God. So in the coffee shop, when I felt like I had missed something and God was speaking to me, you might be like, did you see God in the coffee shop? The answer is no, I didn't see God. But if I did hear from God, and I ask you to test that with me this morning, it's because God is inside of me and he spoke something to my insides. Verse 13 says, this is how we know that we live in him and he in us He has given us of his spirit. So how could somebody like me have the audacity to say, I feel like God may have said something to me. It's because he's given us his spirit and his spirit lives in me. 
Verse 14 says, we've seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. We've done that, haven't we? We've tried to do that in this place, to to testify that God has done this crazy thing, sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Ask him just to confess that with her life. We do that over and over. We see it and we testify it. Verse 15 says, and if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. It's over and over that he says it in here. God lives in you and you live in God. Verse 16 says, and so we know and rely on the love God has for us. We know God's love and we rely on God's love. We know God's love, we rely on God's love. It's a, it sounds like a becoming, becoming love. No formula here, it's just doing it over and over and over. And this is how love is made complete among us. Verse 17 so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment in this world, we're like Jesus. I got so excited about this last week. I went back and listened to it. I heard my excitement. I get higher pitched, and I I don't like to listen to my own voice, but I did, and I'm working through that. But you don't have to live a life where love is incomplete in you, right? It says, this is how love is made complete among us. The reason I got excited means we don't have to yell at our kids, We don't have to withdraw from our spouses. We don't have to ignore our parents. We don't have to do those things where we say, love is not yet complete in me. I'm not loving well. John says, this is how you do it. Be like Jesus. To which we're like, oh man, I thought it was gonna be something I could do. I can't do that. It makes me feel fear. It makes me feel afraid. If the way to getting to where we're supposed to get is I have to be like Jesus. And John follows that up by saying, there's no fear in love. If God is love, We don't have to have fear in us. He goes on to say perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. Some of you, when you think about God, you think about fear and punishment, but that's not really the deal. Love drives out fear. And then it says the one who fears is not made perfect in love. And if you were here last week, you did not hear that sentence as I walked through it verse by verse because I skipped it. And I don't know why. Because I didn't stop there, I went on. I read more verses. But maybe if there is a reason, other than me just being forgetful, maybe it's because it needed to be emphasized more this week for somebody in the 1045 service. I don't know. But I know this, my job is not to skip scriptures. So there you go. If you're like me, you think, I feel like love is pretty incomplete in me. I am not nailing it as it comes to how I treat the people that I'm supposed to love. And Jesus says I'm supposed to pretty much love everybody. I'm not loving my neighbor well. I don't treat my kids the way I want. I, I, I'm, I, my parents are, are getting old. Not my parents. This is just an example, mom and dad. My parents are getting old, and I, I don't know how to love them, right? Love does not seem complete in me. And if that's the case for you, I would ask you, What are you afraid of? Because this says that fear is a barrier to love being perfected in us. And so if you're not seeing love perfected in your life, I think a a starting point could be to say, what is it that you're afraid of? Where are you walking in fear? And so I'm just gonna leave it up there uh, as I tell you a story and we'll come back to it because I just want there to be proof this morning that I did not skip it, okay? So you can, if somebody will take a picture of that, post it, to social media and tag me and Jesus, that would be great. (laughs) 
Last Saturday, I ran in a Spartan race. Have you heard of this? I'd never really heard of a Spartan race. It's like a foot race. It's a, ours was about a five-mile uh, run, but in the midst of that, there's obstacles, 20 or 25 obstacles, things like running through a river and then going up a steep uh, mud embankment or carrying a bucket of, uh, a 90-pound bucket of rocks up a, up a hill or climbing under barbed wire, jumping over a, a wall, stuff like that. And what I forgot to do was train for it. I don't uh, run through rivers hardly ever. I don't carry buckets of rocks. Um, I don't carry buckets of of anything. I don't carry empty buckets. And about a third of the way through this, what what for us was a two-hour experience, I had a moment of panic. I felt totally uh, afraid. For one, I was exhausted a third of the way in, and I realized that my arm, which I've told you about, I have a condition in my arm called thoracic outlet obstruction. It means the main vein in my right arm is permanently uh, blocked. And it doesn't cause me that much uh, problem, but uh, turns out Spartan race doesn't mix well. And I've told you before, like, it helps me to hold my arm up. The doctor told me, that's something I've shared with you guys. The doctor said the best thing I do is hold my arm up because the blood will flow down through these corollary veins. And I was in a third of the way through the Spartan race, and my arm was completely numb. I couldn't even and I reached up to go across this obstacle, which were these rings. And I couldn't do the rings even if my arm wasn't hurt, but it felt like a good excuse. And I reached up to do the rings, and I just, I couldn't, I couldn't grab it. I couldn't move my arm. I fell. And in the Spartan race, if you don't complete an obstacle, there's, this little, there's a punishment area. You go to this punishment area where, where you have to do 30 burpees. And if you don't know what burpees are, they're stupid. <laughs> And so I attempted those, and I felt this panic in that moment because what I knew is I couldn't complete the race. I couldn't lift my arm. I had five other guys there from the church who I really love and admire. I was immediately embarrassed. I thought, what's this going to look like? You know, I started mitigating the shame, like how can I make this less? How can I joke about this? What can I say? Where am I going to go? I'm out in the middle of a field in Pulaski. What will be the level of shame And for me, these questions, whether in a Spartan race or when I failed as a pastor, when I failed as a dad, for me, those feelings and questions feel like fear. That's what it feels like to me. And I was weighing it all out, and I walked over to Randy, another guy who goes to our church and a Spartan race veteran, and without saying anything, Randy grabbed my arm and held it up over my head. And I've told you all several times, like, that's the thing that helps, but I've never had anyone else do it for me, much less in the middle of a group of a bunch of Spartans. (laughs) And I actually sort of rested my head on Randy, which sounds kind of weird, but it felt really good. (laughs) (laughs) And Randy did for me what I couldn't do for myself. And my fear went away. Love drove out fear. I didn't see God on the Spartan race. I saw the devil a couple times. (laughs) That was my best laugh ever, man. That's Randy's son. I didn't see... 
I didn't see God on the Spartan race, but I saw Randy. And God lives in Randy. And so I feel like I saw God. And maybe you've judged me a bit this morning. I'm looking at you, Mom and Rachel, um, for not training for the race. How foolish that was. But I would just ask you, do you ever do that? Do you ever find yourself in a place as a mom or maybe as a husband or maybe even in your job? Maybe you're a parent and your adult child has now moved back into your home and you think, I did not train for this. I did not train for this. Anybody where you're at in your life as a parent or a spouse or in your career, like, I did not train for this. And everybody who's around you, or at least you think, all the people around me would think, surely you should have seen that coming. Surely you understand parenthood. Surely you understand the vows that you made in your marriage. You've been working your whole life to be the director of sales over this region, and now you don't know how to do it? You're not prepared for this? We begin to feel shame. And in that place, I think we feel paralyzing fear. It stops us. It, It makes us look for an exit. It makes us think, how can I get out of the race with the least amount of embarrassment? But the only thing that drives out fear is love. And the only way we have love in us is by having God in us. You say, I can't see God. No, but you can see Randy. God is love. This is what we've been going over. God is love. You can't see God, John says a couple of times. But God lives in us, which means we can see God in each other. A part of this becoming love thing is is a training um, in staying and coming together. The way we train ourselves in God's love is by knowing and relying on each other. Say that again. The way we train ourselves in God's love is by knowing each other and relying on each other. Remember the scripture, we've read it two weeks in a row now, says know and rely on God's love. Well, God is love. You can't see God, but God lives in us. So that means the way, I think, to know and rely on God and God's love is to know and rely on each other. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and verse 25 says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love. That sounds like something that should apply to us right now. Let us consider how we should spur one another on towards love. Here's what the writer of Hebrews says. Don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Do you know that some are in the habit of of not meeting together anymore? Do you know that you're in the minority? That this isn't normal anymore? Not even in the southern United States? People are in the habit of not meeting together anymore for all kinds of reasons. In all kinds of places. We sit down at dinner and we all stop meeting together. Right? We withdraw and we pull ourselves away from people. It's just a thing that's happening. There's a lot happening. There's a lot happening inside of us. We're we're struggling. And so instead of pushing forward and looking into others' eyes, we withdraw and pull back. You see, to know someone, you have to meet together. This sounds like what you said last week, Jacob. Well, it's the same scripture. (laughs) Eat with people, gather with people, look at people, talk to people. I don't know if any pastor ever imagined they'd have to say that, but that's where we're at. Meet with people, talk to people, break bread with people, ask people how they're doing, know their stories. 
To know someone, you have to meet together. And to rely on someone, you have to encourage each other. There has to be a mutual encouragement that happens among us so that we're not just knowing each other, we're relying on each other. The way we train ourselves up in love is by seeing and knowing and eating and gathering with each other. That looks like this. This is one way. That looks like, it looks like this, Sunday morning worship, seriously. Um, If I could give you a challenge that I guarantee will change your life, it's come to church every Sunday. Just, just give it a shot. Because what happens there is, it doesn't happen all at once. It's more like a becoming, okay? It happens, and one Sunday you hear Mark from the stage say, we need 50 people to go in the student room and pack up relief kits for the uh, flood. And so you're like, I'll go, I'll give that a shot. And you end up seeing somebody that you work with or somebody that you play soft, your kid plays softball with and you're walking through the line and you talk and there's a connection there. And then from there you say, I think I'm gonna try this compassionate hands thing where on Friday nights, uh, folks are coming actually to this church and spend the night. I'll spend the night or I'll be a part of making breakfast and you jump into another thing. You say, I'm gonna be a greeter. I'll serve communion. You start looking in people's eyes. You start talking to them. You're thinking, I really need to go to care night. And now that I saw that stuff on the screen, I saw the thing on the screen that I'm dealing with, I'm gonna go to that. When you walk into care night, you sit down at a table and you talk to people and it's safe, it's quiet. You don't have to, but there's people there. And, and you kind of start doing stuff. Or maybe you're like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the jump and, and join a small group. Every other week, I'm gonna start meeting with the same people over. <laughs> and you, see what I'm, you see what I'm getting at? And, and there's just kind of this becoming that happens. I'm gonna go to the women's Bible study, whatever it is. And you see, if you wanna know how I know Randy good enough for him to touch my arm and lift it up over my head, you imagine how, see how vulnerable that is? And how, well, it's not easy to explain. Here's how I would explain it. We go to church together right? We've set up chairs together. We've ridden in the back of a truck in Nicaragua a few times together. We've hiked together on a, on a men's hiking trip. We've cried at funerals when our friends have died. We've watched our kids sing on the stage at Vacation Bible School. I don't want to brag too much on me and Randy this morning, but we did not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. And the next thing you know, when I'm ready to quit, he's encouraging me. He knows my greatest weakness. And he touched me and lifted my arm up over my head. And then I'm relying on him. He's relying on me. And we're encouraging each other. It sounds, I know, like intimate and vulnerable and all that. But it's just like the beauty of the church. I don't really know how to explain it. I don't know how to chart it out. Except to say it's just knowing God's love and relying on God's love. But you can't see God, but we can see each other. And so we do that together and we grow and we change. and We heal. The way you're going to see God is by seeing people whom God lives in. And the way that other people are gonna see God is by seeing you. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. I skipped it. I don't know why. I wondered if I did it almost... Uh, I know I didn't do it intentionally, but I wonder if it's because I struggle with fear and I know that I'm not perfect in love and I was like, well, just push that one aside. Because it can make you think, right? That's not a real uh, uplifting verse. I wish I'd skip something better and not, oh, you know. But because it can make you think like, I'm a big mess. No wonder love isn't complete in me. Too much fear. 
But thankfully, that's not what that verse means. That's not what it's saying it's all, at all. If in the context of the verse, it's saying, I have people in my life who carry Jesus around in them, God's very love inside of them, and love drives out fear. And so with the fear driven out, I'm being made perfect every day that I'm around you goofballs. Every time I connect with you, the fear's being driven out and I'm being made perfect. When I withdraw, love becomes incomplete in me. I fear more, I push people away. The one who fears is not made perfect in love, but the one who acknowledges Jesus as the son of God, God lives in him, God lives in her, and God is love, which means love lives in me. And so we're all walking around carrying the one thing that drives out fear in other people. That's really cool. I can't see God, but I can see Randy. We're love. This is it. And love casts out fear. If you're afraid today, God's about to drive it out of you. He's about to push it out of your your afraid heart. I know what it feels like to be tied up in knots. I know what it feels like to walk into church and be carrying something that's really heavy because I'm so afraid and I'm not loving people well. I know what that feels like. And I know what it feels like to gather in with the broken yet put together people called the church and all of a sudden my fear is cast out. So I'm gonna keep coming back. Let us pray. God, we thank you that in our imperfections, we see how you are making us perfect. We thank you that in our weaknesses, your strength is made perfect. Cast out fear in hearts today through us. As we come to communion and take in Jesus' bread and juice, take God in, let it cast out fear. Let us walk out today uh, with courage. Let us walk out today with boldness. Let us walk out today healed. Let us walk out today leaving the burden at the altar when we come forward, setting it down. Right? You know who you are. Set it down this morning. Today's the day. Don't carry it anymore. God can handle it. In Jesus' name, amen.